Hello and welcome back to the Time Off podcast, or as we're calling it, the Time Off show. We're not only doing this in audio format, but also in video format. And the last season of Time Off was talking to lots of different people about the concept of time off, the science, the art. And we're doing things a little bit different in this new season. And it's simply me interviewing really interesting people about what they do outside of work. Because within that conversation of people's noble leisure and what they do in their time off and how it benefits them, you're able to walk away with very interesting ideas, morsels, and some inspiration about how you can lean in more to your rest ethic to prevent burnout and ultimately be more creative. So we've got a lot of exciting episodes planned for you. And on today's Time Off show, we have Adam Weber. And Adam Weber is the chief people officer and co-founder of the platform Implify. That's Implify.com. And he's an author of a book as well. And it's called Lead Like a Human, Practical Steps to Building Highly Engaged Teams. And I have been following Adam on LinkedIn. I really appreciate the way he thinks about culture, time off, and meaning at work. I hope you enjoy our conversation. We talk about what Adam does outside of work and how that helps him be better at work. And lastly, if you find this inspiring, check out our new website. That's timeoff.co. We're building a business outside of the book. We now offer courses, workshops, coaching, and we're building an app for teams to manage time off better. Again, that's timeoff.co. Check us out. All right. Enjoy this episode with Adam Weber and I talking about time off. It's a honor to talk with you about the things you do outside of work. You obviously do a great job at work as a leader, and I'm just excited to hold space for you about all of the elements outside of work that make you not only more interesting, but I'm assuming a better leader as well. So thanks for, for, for being here today. Thanks, John. I'm excited yeah. to be here. I yeah. uh, look forward to meeting you, and it's kind of fun we get to do it in this format. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, I, I, I'd like to, this is uh, Monday that we're chatting. I'd like to know, what, what was this weekend like for you? Oh, wow, this weekend. I Let's see here. What what happened this weekend? You know, one of the things we did, because we're we're pretty well locked down here. I've had two boys. I've got two boys. They're 11 and 12, and we're on we're on quarantine right now, so they both had close contacts. We've had a really like all four of us kind of in the home season. And so uh, this weekend we started to ask like ourselves, like, what can we do that would still be like fun, restorative? So we started this concept of like little driving tours. Uh, and so we ended up this weekend doing um, a driving tour. We, we got, it was funny. We started with like really high ambition. We found like an old abandoned ghost town we we're going to drive to. And then we were like, and then it scaled all the way back to like donuts <laughs> it was like so we drove we drove to like a new city we yeah. got some donuts and then we found like woods that were like that we'd never explored before and that's what we ended up doing which is really well uh, i love that and, and hats off to you. you don't even need uh the book time off to embody this and and it's this whole concept of even where you live you, you maybe you've lived there for 10 years however long it is there's always parts unknown 
that that right. you can and as far as i'm concerned that's the definition of travel you don't have to jump on a plane you don't have to go to somewhere exotic those things are nice but there's there's likely an aspect of your local geography that you haven't found yet so i i love that yeah and, what's funny is as we were like building our list we were like what are all the things around here we've always talked about doing that we've never done so now we're we're set for the next couple weekends i think sure that's so cool and, and remind me what you're calling it again like what's uh, uh, if you what is it? it? It was like a driving tour, I guess. Yeah, I driving mean, we're, tour. we're still working on family branding for it. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. Well, Adam, you, you shared some lovely photos um, that we're going to walk through. And I'm just going to randomly kind of choose the order and, okay. and just have you talk me through uh, what's going on in that photo. So here's our, our first one here. We've got a, for those not watching, those that are only listening, we've got this beautiful landscape, it's got some trees kind of a perfect looks like an iphone shot moment where you've got a sunset coming through where you you know the sun is just at a point where you can actually stare at it and doesn't burn your eyeballs um it looks like a cute puppy and and we're looking at some people walking towards the sunset but that's my interpretation what are we actually seeing here adam yeah this is my uh this is my 11 year old taking a picture of me i was like trying to send you photos i was like i'm not in any of my own photos except this one so this was a uh, Mackinac Island this year. So one of, you know, our lifetime thing, I'd say that this year that's really captured us is uh, camping. We've been camping for years, but this is the first year we bought a camper, literally the very beginning of COVID, the very first week that COVID kind of hit. And it, um, you know, we 30 or 40 nights this summer, we uh, went just to places we'd never been. This is actually right by our campsite. We camped right on the water right there. And uh and the sun was setting, as you can tell. That's actually the bridge between the upper and lower peninsula of Michigan that we're walking toward, right there. Wow! Wow! Um, and it's just a great. It was a great moment, I think, because uh, we ended up staying at this. Like we work. My my wife and I found a campground that had Wi-Fi. We both just like you know our offices were closed, and we uh, we just worked here for ten days too. Um, and and every evening just got to have these great evenings. It was it was really great. Yeah. So t- talk to me about that. Uh, how how is that? contributing towards your not only peace of mind and peace of heart but perhaps your your work quality how i guess i guess what i'm more more curious is i've also had a summer like this more camping and and that's like my office and if you if i would have talked to my my 10 year uh former like 10 years ago former self like like not believe i would have been able to get work done at a campground so well, how, how do you think about this reality and, and what kind of gifts are there that maybe are uh, misunderstood sometimes? Well, I feel like right now in my in my world at work, probably my most important job is to not get stuck, <laughs> yeah. is to not get like pulled into problems and, and to be able to see like above the problem or through the problem. And um, we it was actually great for that. You know, it's like, it's, it, I think when you have to really ruthless, like you naturally prioritize, you're in a better headspace. I mean, it was, it was really, uh, that one was a pretty, that was a pretty eye opening trip for us. That was the first time we'd ever tried to do something like that, which was like a hybrid, like work vacation, like what is actually happening here. And, yeah. and the whole time it actually kind of felt like that. We're kind of like, it's weird. We have these really productive days, but, and yet we're kind of on vacation right now too. Yeah, well said. And again, I, I'm finding that, and I'm guilty of this, I have to remind myself that I am a creative worker, a knowledge worker, and it doesn't matter where, how much my, or how much input I have, 
to your point, it's instead of always working in the business, making sure there's time working on the business. Uh, and business business could be if you're a freelancer, it's you know your what what it is you do, or if you're a content creator, you know your business is your content. So I, I've been humbled by that as as well, realizing that some of my breakthroughs are when a, like my former self that was obsessed with working in person and visible busyness, I would say, well, John was look at Johnny's lazy over there, his feet up. Maybe maybe he just got through fishing or hiking, but little does that former version of John know. I just had a breakthrough epiphany or idea that could completely change the course of what I'm leading at the moment. Exactly. The ideas can get really small when you get stuck. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's, there's where big ideas I think come. I, I think I've also learned through this season, how much energy I gave to the actual office, not to work to the yeah. office and mm-hmm. um, kind of releasing that has actually, I think given me a decent amount more like vitality to like do other things too. Uh, cool. So now we're going to transition to Mount Mitchell. Okay. There's this awesome photo of not only some, it's like a, it's like a topical photo of some hiking shoes around this icon on the ground that says Mount Mitchell, uh, highest point east of the Mississippi River. And what's funny about this photo that I saw in the details, there's also a dog paw <laughs> in the photo. Uh, what's going on here? And, and describe me this moment this photo was taken. Yeah, so this is near Asheville, North Carolina, another one of the trips we did. Uh, this one was actually pretty pretty recent. And this was uh, the hike right before this was, was really beautiful, which is kind of merging two of the things I'm doing for a time off or a live time, as we try to call it. It's like, what are we doing that's restorative for us? And took the, my wife and the, and the boys and we all uh, went on this hike. Um, it's a little, you know, we went to the highest point east of the Mississippi. It's a little bit uh, misleading in the fact that we drove a decent amount of the way to the top uh, and then did the last part, but just an incredible view up there too. And it was a great, it was just a great memory, I think, for all of us to have and share together too. Oh, that's so awesome. And was that, was that pretty difficult? Uh, how, how, how was that on the range of intensity? I'm not familiar the, with that climb. The, the way there is a there is a difficult way to do it and then there's a way to do it when you just want to kind of like get the photo of your feet up there and i'd say we were a little closer <laughs> to the second one we were like we did a couple miles um and then now on this trip we basically were doing hikes every day and it was kind of the first trip where we had all my, my boys are 11 and 12 and so they're like getting some the ability to go on long hikes together and so we we were kind of doing these four to five mile hikes during the day type of thing it was just a great way to uh, mm-hmm. unplug and we, yeah. we really like that um we're, so we're from indiana uh, yeah. which is i think one of the things that we love is that the nature even here is i think better than um people realize even people who live here like it like there's nature everywhere and uh and so the smoky mountains is really close it's like five five hours away so it's a pretty quick drive to get to like really remarkable place too wow wow well i i I already knew that you and I had a lot in common in in the space of what I'm going to call preserving human dignity at at work. Uh, You spend a lot of time not only thinking about it, but making that happen. So I knew we were already connected there. But again, a fun part of the show is I have guests like you send photos in advance for us to do show and tell. And this one of all your photos is the one that really got me because um, I in my own mindfulness practice and even in our, the sort of way I help people think about time off and their rest ethic, I use the, the, the term internal landscape. 
which mm-hmm. comes from an author, John Don- O'Donoghue. Oh. And, and, and I saw this as one of your uh, photos. You shared this book uh, titled To Bless the Space Between Us, a, a Book of Blessings. So I was like, all, all grins, all, all smiles. Uh, of all the books that I'm sure you have, uh, why did you choose this one to send me? Thought- yeah. So I was, I was thinking about things I do with off time and I was probably the most, um, the day, the most daily practice is like, is reading poetry and, and journaling. Um, and of all the books that I've, like, this is the, this is my book. Like this book is like, speaks my language in a way that's hard to even express how much it's like, uh, impacted my life. And, and, um, it's truly has, uh, it's a poetry book, but it, and it has a poem for almost every life scenario you can imagine. And I've always kind of, in, I've always envisioned someday going to like where he, uh, where he lived and like kind of t- retracing his steps, but, yeah. um, I, w- I was trying to somehow represent like the the meta the poetry practice really, or just yeah. kind of like taking time. And I love it because it kind of opens up new parts of of your brain, and it kind of taps into different emotions. And um, but no question, and I read I I mean have a lot of different books now for that practice. There's no book though that has impacted me more than that mm. one. That's my that's mm. my go to. Nice, nice. Yeah, mine. Mine is actually, uh, it's not a, well, it's in a book, but it was a particular essay from Seneca called, uh, you know, on the shortness of life. And and that yes. one, that one has, <laughs> I read that or even a part of it. And then I open up the journal. It's amazing how quickly I can get to legitimate JOMO, which for those that don't know what that means, joy of missing out. So mm. I, go, I go from a place of fear of missing out and and all of all these trivial things to realizing, wow, I can actually take joy in missing out in a lot of the distractions and in the rat race to really enjoy the rather shortness of this of this third dimensional life experience we have. And I love that you you brought this up, Adam. I get a lot of discussion from people we've worked with or readers of our book that say, I'm all into this concept of the importance of rest and time off, but in my chapter in life, in my season of life, or because of COVID, I can't do the thing that was my time off thing as much anymore. Do you have any recommendations? And nine times out of 10, I just bring up our, our chapter on uh, reflection. That is something that you don't have to go anywhere to do. You can do it in 15 minutes. You could do it in two hours. It you know depends, but it's anyone, regardless of their role, their job title, we have the ability to stop what we're doing to just simply reflect. Would love your thoughts on, on at a high level, those maybe who haven't invested that much into a journaling and reflection practice, you know, what value has that brought to you and why is it so meaningful to you? Yeah, there's, there's a lot there. I think, I think for me, probably the most, the personal value that I've gained is becoming more aware of how I'm showing up in the world. Like, I think that I, and, and when you start to understand how you're influencing other people inadvertently, and then you, you, you gain awareness. I had a coach who called it being in on your own joke of who you are kind of being, you're in on the joke. Um, and I like that phrase because I think just growing in your own, it, it's just growing in your self-awareness, growing in the, what is happening inside of me right now? Like with journaling, I don't, my journaling is really simple. I don't, it's not a diary. It's not, it's, it's just a couple lines. And I try to name the emotions that I'm feeling in that moment. That's pretty much the extent of it. Um, and I, I, 
I do want to say one thing though to some people too who like are maybe just trying to take a baby step in the practice because I also have a pretty busy mind and so I have to um, really fight and advocate for this in my life and one really simple practice for me because like meditation I think can be overwhelming to get into journaling can be overwhelming um, uh, gratitude walks or noticing walks I, it's I just that is probably the practice for me that is the the easiest and most impactful like go on a walk. I usually do 10 to 15 minutes and I just start to rattle through things in my life that I appreciate um, or that I'm grateful for. So that's one version of it. Or the other is I just will like go on a walk and just start naming things that I see with my eyes, like that type of thing. So, and it's an easy, it's a very low barrier to entry. It doesn't take training. It doesn't take an app. You don't have to, you know, pay to learn how to meditate. It's just like, go on a walk and begin the journey of going mm. kind of inward type of thing. Yeah. And, and to your point of getting up and moving, it's, it's also a really beautiful practice of getting unstuck, right? You could be sitting there turning your wheels on that one problem or that one task. And sure, that task still remains, but by detaching to do the gratitude or the noticing walk, I love that. Uh, when you when you sit back down, you will be a different person. You, mm-hmm. know, you would have made uh, an end. I've, I've been thinking about it as a delegation practice. We forget that we have this sort of internal co-founder, our subconscious that when we do our, our time off practices, it's, you, you delegate, you delegate to that other part of you. Uh, again, it's hard to intuit. It's hard to feel when that subconscious is, is turning and working. Uh, but, you know, basic surface level neuroscience shows that by detaching, you're also actively engaging another part of you. So for, for type A people like me, I can not only feel good from going on the gratitude walk because it's easy to do. But I can also feel like I checked a box of delegation to my subconscious as well. Yes, I love that. I love that. I've had many days where I've like been um, overburdened by the stress of a startup or whatever it may be. And I just end up walking out the problem. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, I'm just going to start walking yeah. and just like see what happens. And like almost always, especially no phone, no sound, no, just like just walk with your thoughts. Like eventually I'll get to a spot where it'll just kind of like unlock itself. Yeah. Well, this this next photo looks a, less like a walk, and I'm going to assume more like a hang and chill. Okay. Um, I think what I'm looking at is a hammock here, but we've got this like beautiful backyard with uh, like a screen, sort of screened in porch, and we've got some hummingbird feeders, I think, or bird feeders. But I may be wrong. What are we seeing here, Adam? Yeah, yeah, and sorry, this isn't the best photo in the world, by the way. I was like, I was like trying so hard to find one in springtime. This is literally from this morning. I just like nice. woke up and knew I was coming out here, and I was like, so that's the that's usually where I I read is like right here. This is my screen and porch, and I've got a bunch of bird feeders back there. And um, one of the things that's just become like, uh, I mean, just a great right around me is truly backyard birding. Um, it has become like a uh, one wow. of my favorite hobbies. I have uh, six feeders right outside this this area. And when I'm, you know, I just sit out there, I read a lot too. I just like to, you know, if it's, sure it's journaling or poetry, but like, I really just like to read books. And so I'll just sit out there for a while and um, and just be with my thoughts or like watch birds. There's a lot of Cardinals where I live. I love looking at Cardinals. Um, and so it's just a fun, fun, fun hobby. I think that also is just the buried entry is so small. I spent five bucks on my first feeder and a, you know, bag of cheap bird seed. And I was like, three days later, I was like, there's birds in my backyard. And <laughs> we live in these worlds where it's like home, 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 home. And you forget that you still are like very much a part of like the world and birds 
not to get too philosophical, I love birds. So just so you know, it's like one of my weird quirks, but I love birds, but they immediately, like you can't disconnect. You can't just go, oh, it's home, home, home. You're like, it's this connection between nature and like where you live. It, and the bird is just a really good bridge between those two things. Wow. I've never, I, I mean, I've never been able to put words to the intuition, but I agree. I have a fascination with just observing a bird, not only, well, a couple of things. One, I'm like, wow, that is kind of like a dinosaur. <laughs> and like having my my mind always melt where I'm like dinosaurs were real and and there's like uh, you know scientific proof and then and then also when I see them arrive and when I see them depart is refreshing just like sort of the oscillation of one's breath and to mm -hmm. your point like nature comes comes to you you don't have to always go out to it to get that clarity in that piece, you know, it, it could be coming to you at any moment. You just got to sit on the screen porch and wait for them to show up. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, what symbolism do you find in birds? Well, that's, that's interesting. Cause I actually sent over, I don't know. Um, I sent over that picture of the, the heron. Oh, let's do that. Um, yeah, let's do that. So it's a perfect segue actually. Yeah. So one of the things with this, like, I mean, it started with just like wanting something to basically trying to get myself to sit on my back porch. And I didn't take this picture, by the way, I literally today just like Googled blue heron, but I wanted to share the story because one of the things I do, whether it's through walks or on my back porch is like, I've started, this is getting a little bit more vulnerable just in like my own um, practice, but like I, I, I try to identify with different birds, different traits of myself. Mm -hmm. Like I, I like, like what part of that is that revealing to me, you know? And so like, mm -hmm. and the, the heron is, is my favorite, this is my favorite bird, by the way. Mm -hmm. And the reason why, like, uh, just to kind of bring this to life, the symbolism is when I, and we see a lot of herons, like, you know, at least one a day, usually I'll see one fly overhead or something like that. And I see it, it has this, uh, kind of slow, methodical, uh, but very directional um, flight to it. And, and, it, and its wings are so huge and it's moving. You're kind of like, how is this thing even like, how is it doing this? But I, you know, I, I, sometimes I think like at my best, at my most centered, right. There's a calm confidence and directionality to it. And then I see like the duck flying and I'm going, that thing looks like it is trying really hard to fly. And like, I kind of see myself in those two, like, I'll like play that out. I go, okay. So like, am I being the heron right now? Or am I being the scared oh, duck? Nice. <laughs> like that. Nice. There's no, other, you know. Yeah. You know, that's, that's so cool. My, my, my partner, she has uh, different sets of these like card decks and one of them, because both of us have um, indigenous, uh, you know, native American uh, in our, in our bloodline and the native, not all of them, but some of the native American tribes uh, use the animal kingdom as totems. So hmm. if, if a specific animal was showing up, there was a message there and there's these card decks where, uh, you, you can draw a deck for the uh, a card for the day, and that animal is sort of your totem for the day. Or if you run across a particular animal, reference it to figure out what the totem is. And uh, the other day, I saw a heron as well, and I went to that card deck, drew it out, and this kind of comes full circle to your earlier point. At least in this uh, animal totem card deck, the heron is the ultimate symbol of reflection in like inner work. Because, I mean, they're looking at it from it. It stands there so still above the water. Therefore, there's a reflection. And it's kind of observing its surroundings and itself. And I I needed to pull that card 
that day because it had been a while. I was letting some rust build up. I, you know, it, it had been a while since my reflection practice was initiated. And it was like this beautiful thing where I was like, there was a heron that made me then search this animal totem definition, which then reminded me to reflect. So uh, there's so much in, in nature that's, that's our teachers. And it's just a matter of paying attention. Yeah. Also, what what a great full circle we just pulled off there. Like <laughs> yeah. you would you would think we're just reading cards right now. We're just like we're like okay, we're gonna do the yeah, yeah. That's so cool. What a cool like what a, what a cool connection. Yeah. Yeah. Is there is there any other? Here, I'll just uh, I, maybe I, I want to riff on birds. I'm liking this. So I'll, I'll I'll speak to another one, and I'd like for you to maybe give another bird that uh, that speaks to you. Uh, one that sometimes I try to embody as a spirit animal, if you will, is the uh, peregrine falcon. Mm. And and the peregrine falcon is known for its ability to go to incredibly high altitudes to observe its options of prey, essentially. And, and once it sees its prey from such a high altitude, it like turns itself like into a bullet. It's got some kind of crazy bone structure and it turns itself into like, an arrow basically. And I, I've always loved that as analogy of my creative work, which is of the thousand things I could do as my task, as my time on, what's the one that really matters and just full on solo focus, single task it. And so sometimes when I feel overwhelmed, I'm like, all right, I'm too low altitude. I need to really zoom out, ask myself questions like, is all this hard work actually working? And what is the domino to knock over? And then once I identify it, just like the peregrine falcon, just zoom, zoom in. Yeah. Uh, are there any other birds besides the heron that speak to you from an analogy like that? Uh, I could probably go on with birds forever. So, I mean, you know, I'll do I'll do two quick, one quick and then share another one. Because sure. so one, one thing I... The female cardinal is is a bird that I love because it's a, I don't you know when you think of the cardinal you think of the male cardinal and, and in a lot of ways a lot of male birds are these really like uh, kind of big color well there's my dog my dog just walked in the giant nice. hello dog um, <laughs> so like they're they're uh, like big bright bold colors whereas like the the female cardinal is this really understated beautiful bird but with this really like fierce beak uh, mm. that's like really bright orange and I just I think that's just a really um, just a compelling like who, who I want to be and show up in the world as is yeah. not someone who is all about the show that people like the ex but but rather like when you kind of see the restraint behind it or the like um, that it that really is what uh, I'm sorry my, oh, it's all good I have I have I have puppies as well what what kind of dog do you have here, you want to say hi, and then we'll see. This is uh, this is Poppy. She's a sheepadoodle, and I, I don't know exactly what she was doing there. Um, awesome. Well, well, Adam, I we we have a yet another thing. I have I have two Australian Shepherd poodles. Oh, this was meant to be. Come on, this is this is meant yeah, to be. They're awesome. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, and I don't know if you have editing access or if the or if the no, I, I love moments like that. Okay, so good. I'm good. I'm good with that. The other, you know, here's, here's like a less flattering one though, just to like, as you're like uncovering who you are is, um, is the Canadian geese or a goose. Like, um, 
there are mo moments when I see a uh, like an angry goose. Hello, where we are, they'll be like in the pond. You'll be on a walk, and you're like, you just don't know exactly what's what it's gonna do. And I think when I allow the the weight and the pressure and the um, like, there's the stack and stack of stress to mount up in me. There's a part of me that is like that. That it that it's that my reaction is chaotic or is a little frightening. Um, and you know, it's like, and so I think I see, I think I see that sometimes when I watch yeah. a goose, that's like a little out of control. I go, Oh, that's like, I think, I think when I allow myself to become too pulled down or too uh, overwhelmed by stress, I turn into that goose a little bit. Yeah. I love that you brought that up as, as an example. It's, it's very real. It's very human. It's very, it's very vulnerable. And that's why our, whatever your time off practices is, you know, that's why those moments of bird watching, reading, journaling, poetry, are, and, and uh, uh, tour guiding locally with your family are, are so important. It keeps you more in that heron and less in, 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 into that uh, chaotic response of an of a angry goose. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, um, awesome. Let's see here. Oh, we got, one, we got another uh, one here of the photos. I like this one. This looks like totally up my alley um, okay beautiful forest kind of rainy uh looks wet and we've got three people walking down a trail where is this what's going on this, this is the family so so here this is my wife and two boys and um and actually this photo i wish i wish i had like a nicer camera to do justice like this area this was the hike by the way up to the up to that tallest summit um, and it was, you know, we're so high, the altitude's so high that there's this damp kind of mist and just the land in general looked like I'd never seen land like this before. Um, it, it felt the, we were all, we were all joking. It felt like we were at like Disney and they like built a ride. Like this was like the start of like a, you know, it just was hard to believe <laughs> it was like real, real life. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of tied to that other picture, but also just like a really memorable landscape that I've mm. that, that we experienced. So mo moments like that, Adam, with 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 your your family tribe, why why do you prioritize that? Um, well, I feel like that's that's the thing that really matters. You know, if, as I think about for me, what really really matters in my life, right? I'm in a season right now where I've got. Um, you know, two middle school boys who are really creating the foundation of who they are. And they're also just a ton of fun. Um, they see time off for them is very effortless. You know, like right now I can hear one of them plucking on their violin downstairs and they're just like um, kind of innately knowing that, hey, it was a long day of Zooming, you know, Zooms at school <laughs> and it's time for me to end. And that's um, just what Matt, I mean, that's what matters in my life is, is, uh, is are those relationships and uh and and like creating strong foundations for them but also just memories that are a blast for me too you know it's it's uh there's something about i think my kids that make it like um it, it there's a little less effort i think in the time off with them sometimes like it, it, it there's it's just more that it just sort of happens you know like those moments where you're playing a made-up game that you've never you would have never invented us playing this baseball game in our basement the other day. And I was just like so lost in it because of the creativity that they bring. And it's just, it, it adds so much to my life. I could hardly even, could hardly put words to it. Hmm. Well, I'd, I'd like to know with all of these awesome 
photos and moments that you've shared with us as a leader, as a, as a professional, how, how do all of these activities and, you know, I, I would call all this like your rest ethic, like you, Mm -hmm. you prioritize these things, you invest energy into it just as much as your work Uh, in your own words. Why is that important to do? Yeah, I, I think I don't think it's like just so I can show back up to the other side and like show up with my A game at work. I think it's because like that is life. Like that is the real the real part of life, too. Yeah. Uh, and it is it is what it what it means to live a whole balanced, healthy life is to have interests um, and to pursue those interests with with also that same level of um, of like a vitality that you bring to work. Um, mm. So I think that I do, I do think it, um, you know, I talk, like I talk a lot about just like finding a hobby, finding things that make you who you are, just to remind you of who you are, because it is really easy. I like work, at least for me without intent, with, if I'm not intentional, I just get sucked into the flow of it and I get sucked into the stress of it. And, and um, moments or intentionality, like remind, just help, help remind me of who I am, remind me of who I, who I choose to be and how I show up in the world. Um, and I think when, when you are constantly reminded of that, it's easier to allow that to be true when it's, when you're in the more high pressure situation. Yeah. Wow. It's this, um, I had Jen Fisher, she leads up wellness at, um, at Deloitte and, she talks about work-life integration, not this like balance thing, more of this bring, bring who you are in life into your work. And you'll not only express more, you, you'll be a, a, a truer version of yourself around the others you, you work with. I'm, I'm curious about with, with your, your book and then also the, the leadership that you're having and, I'll call it the industry of bringing human beings into, into work and treating people like humans. What is your most optimistic view on the trends of where we're going in uh, bringing more work in uh, more humanity into work would like to just in your mind's eye. And uh, you know, when when you and I are chatting again in 2030, what, what kind of, what kind of reality might we be living in? Well, that's a great question. I mean, so the book I wrote is Lead Like a Human, and it is very much, that's the foundation of it. It is like just a, you know, I think that there is a whole generation um, there. One, the, how people view work in general has changed. Like from the workforce's perspective, they're saying, we want to work for a company with a purpose that matters. We want to work for uh, leaders that are authentic and we want to grow ourselves. And leadership or management hasn't moved or adapted to that. And so the reason I wrote the book was really, I call it like a permission guide to lead in this new way, to let people know, hey, there is a way to lead as your true authentic self. And in fact, it's what the workforce needs and you will live a more fulfilling life by doing that. Um, I mean, so my most, I'm on a a mission myself to unlock as many of those leaders. So 10 years from now, I would love to start a, a movement that is at a magnitude and a scale that the difference is both known and felt in the through throughout the entire workforce millions of my i mean i i'm if i get 10 years from right now it's a long time 10 yeah. years i'll i'll be i'll be just about to turn 50 in 10 years <laughs> so i'll be like 
I think that I want to have millions of people who whose lives are impacted by more human people leaders. Mm, mm. Yeah, that that sort of transcendence. I mean, it's the good the good news is is it's already happening. It's just yes. exciting to think ten years from now that 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 transcendence would be at such a a, a scale we can't even comprehend yet. Uh, right. Which which will be an exciting reality. Um, this is one of my favorite rapid questions, Adam. If if I had the sudden ability to, let's say, fifteen minutes from now, I could send a push notification to every smartphone in the world. Uh, so on people's lock screens, boop, there's a notification, and, and you had the ability to write whatever you want in that message. This can't be anything commercial because obviously that'd be a huge marketing opportunity. But uh, some, something something non-commercial. What would you what would you put on that notification? That would go to billions of people. Um, I would say go carbon neutral. If I had one message and you only give me that much time to think about it, it's a it's incredibly practical. It is remarkably affordable, and it would transform the rest of human history. And I, if I could do it like that, I would, I would love that. I would love nothing more than that, to, <laughs> to help help create and tend to the earth that we've been given and, and care for it in a way that's that's more responsible than we are right now. Yeah, and to your all your awesome photos, I mean that that is all a byproduct of nature, right? Um, yeah. Uh, here's uh, speaking of nature. What season do you feel fits your personality? These these are great. I love that you don't tell me anything. Like <laughs> yeah. it's just like you really yeah. that it's recorded. So you just like had to think live. I would, I, my my I have. It's hard to not. It's hard to disassociate from like what my favorite season is. But I think there's a reason for that. Um, and so for for me, it's spring. There is a just. It's the renewal. It's the fresh start. It's the. Yeah. Um, it's this belief that like that uh, there's always I mean, there's always a fresh start. There's always new days. There's always uh, this kind of renewal that it, that kind of reinvents itself over and over and over. And I I resonate with that, um, with that renewal and with that fresh start. Mm, nice. Oh, one more. I promise. I, I got these for days, but we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll, end, we'll end it. We'll, we'll end it here. But, you know, we're, we're approaching the uh, holiday season, uh, a season where people are. Um, you know, thinking about uh, family a lot. I know some people are challenged with, with travel, but I'm curious uh, if, how do you, how would you answer this? Uh, your favorite family tradition? Oh man, so many good ones. It's the, the one that, the one that's feeling the most personal right now or that I'm processing the most is, so my family's all moved. My brothers live on the East coast and my mom and dad live on the West coast. And every year for the last has to be close to a decade. They've come and stayed at our home mm-hmm. for like the three days after Chris, uh, after Christmas. So for us, um, and, uh, yeah, this will be the first year without that. Uh, and so I am, that is a tradition that I really cherish just as, you know, we, we don't, we obviously all live in different places. We don't get to see each other, you know, with, with regularity. And that has always been like a really sacred time for our family. So that, that time is really special. And I'm, I'm a little, I'm sad about that too, by the way, as I'm sure there are, everyone listening is having versions of that too. We do a, maybe a fun one that is also getting punted this year, but it's so, so is is the season is my brother-in-law and I smoke a, a turkey every year for Thanksgiving. 
And that is a great, it's a great tradition mostly because it, we look like we're productive. Like we're like doing this really important task, but really we're just like out sitting by a grill for like four hours together. Like, you know, which is a really, really fun time too. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Is there, is there a question you wish I would have asked you? Oh, you asked so many good questions. <laughs> I, can I ask you a question? Please. I'm is all it, about that. This is open conversation. Okay. Well, this is, this is kind of, this is a, since like one of the things that I wrestle with, like, so my, my book has this chapter on centeredness, you know, which it's, it, there's a lot of tenets that align with time off, which is why I feel like you and I have feel like we know each other, even though we'd never met, but like, sometimes one of the things I've been processing is like now being a public figure on a topic that is deeply personal to me before it was public. There are moments that I wrestle with that, uh, making sure that my own time off is authentic. You know, and so I was just wondering if you deal with that tension too, if you have to process that, like, do you ever have those moments where you're like, oh. anyway, I just wanted to, I don't know, I want to talk about it. Yeah. I know this is the end. I know no, you know we got to go. No, it's, it's a great point. I, you know, for me, what's been, there's the, you know, pre-publishing the book and then the post experience and with more, basically all that means is an increase in conversations where people look at me. Uh, 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 regarding the topic. And I, th I've been humbled by the amount of people that want ideas on what to do during their time off. And like, like, that's, that's profound to me. Like, I'm like, Oh, like I have, I have a problem with, I, I have too many things that I'd like to do with my time off. And so people wanting recommendations is interesting to me. And so I, I found myself becoming less prescriptive of this is the ways to do time off and actually being almost, I've become more of an investigator over time and, and being curious. And that's kind of the purpose of this, of this show, of this podcast is to, is for my own deepening of understanding the differences of people's quote, you know, what their time off looks like and, 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 uh, you know, our, our subtitle is all about people finding and designing their rest ethic. Um, there's not a one size fits all. I used to be more on the side of uh, believing that, um, whereas now I'm humbled by the different approaches from people and being open to, to that is not only helping me unlearn my own concepts of time off, it's expanding the, the definition of it, which I think benefits everyone because, you know, some of the stuff you've spoken to. Maybe there was a listener that was like, oh, wait, I like bird watching too. I haven't even thought about that. That's intentional time off for me. Whereas you've just, you've just given that example that validates that. And so, uh, yeah, I, what's been the best thing for me as a time off champion is shipping the book because it's humbled me to realize the different situations that so many people uh, are in. Um, mm -hmm. It's, and you know, the, the, the nexus of the book was me being a part of a firm that we led with time off as our cultural vector. And we had a three months on one month off uh, oscillation. It was amazing. It was life-changing. It put me down the time off study path. But I now look back at that saying, yes, that's a version, but there's many, many, many other versions. Whereas the moment I was starting to write the book, I had a part of me that believed like that was kind of the perfect model, right? Mm -hmm. It was, it was like the way, uh, whereas now I'm realizing, no, that's like one of thousands of ways. And, 
Um, there's benefits in it, but there's there's probably more benefits in the other 999 versions that I need to be open to. Um, and so uh, my rest ethic has diversified. I'm, I'm more in a season right now, Adam, of these, what I'll call like time off, like microdosing. Um, I used to be much, I needed like an extended sabbatical or a personal offsite that was a significant amount of time, let's say two weeks or more. Whereas now my time off practice is more right now in a lens of daily. So what is, what is my time off moments just in my calendar day? Uh, and those adding up over time. And, and so that's been a massive paradigm shift in my own uh, time off practices. And I think I'm better because of it, because I think I was pigeonholing myself, believing that it could only be these more mini sabbaticals, uh, whereas I can have these mini moments uh, day to day. That's great. That was, yeah. Thank you. That's great. Yeah, that's a great, it's a, it's a great question. And uh, also I think, maybe you can speak in, in ping pong with me here. I'm after shipping a book, I've had so many people in my network coming to me saying, wow, you wrote a book. I want to write one too. And we'll have, and we'll have discussions. And one thing I, I want to speak to, and I'd be curious if you had this experience is there's a real vulnerable moment when you, when you ship that book, because when you finalize the manuscript, your names, your names associated with those opinions and those strongly positioned ideas. And it's this moment of like, five years from now, am I going to still stand by this? And I had like a, a week of almost panic attack, like thoughts about that. Um, but now on the other side, I'm so grateful that regardless um, of, of that fear, just shipping it has given me so much back in terms of learning from other people's responses, that uh, it outweighs that sort of doubt in in fear. Uh, what about what about you going through that process of birthing a, a a book? Yeah, it's it's still pretty fresh, you know, just because it's uh, gosh, I think it's been out for twelve weeks, and so I'm still I feel like I'm still learning about yeah. that. The the actual writing of it was pretty illuminating, especially because I tried to weave in my personal story and how I got to this spot. And when you try to look at your whole life at the macro level and then condense it down into a chapter, like I still am reflecting on like the things that made it into the book and like, you know, like, wow, those were catalyst moments in my life that I don't know that I knew about like th truly, you know, like the, of, of their level of significance. And so there, so out there, I, I mean, the fraud thing, my goodness, when the book first came out, I was just like, I was just terrified for people to read it. I was like, just kind of like a kid, you know, and, and, you know, I, I, I do give myself permission to change. You know, I've, I, I am a person who is dynamic and growing and I'm hopeful that there are some things in that book that are very true. The core of the book, I do believe will stay true. Um, but I also know that time, you know, like I'm, I am evolving too. like, I'll change. There'll be parts of this. And, and the other thing with the book, like already, there are things now that I'm done with the book. I know better because I wrote it. And I now know like a couple of the chapters, even I like know now better than I did when I wrote the book, if that makes sense. Like, I'm, because, of, because of like what you're saying, like the types of conversations I'm having now, people, when they come to me, they're having conversations. So I'm gaining inputs around the topics in the book. And I'm actually learning a lot more right now than before, which it was more my own experience as opposed to like the experiences of other people. Mm, mm, well said.
Yeah. And so listeners, viewers, it ship the book simply for the ability to learn more about the topic you care so much about. Uh, for me, it's been the, that artifact has been such a vehicle of value back to me of understanding the world just because it, it orients, it orients a conversation to your point. And nowadays it's relatively easy to self publish and, and get something out there. Um, and uh, what a time, what a time we live in. Um, thanks for asking those questions, Adam. I, I, I like being on the other side of it. I got, I got caught off guard. So I can kind of feel, feel what that feels like. Well, Adam, it's my, it's my honor. Uh, I can't say how much I, I can't say enough how much I respect the work you're doing. And, you know, one of the chapters in, in our book uh, is a pro, we have several profiles in the book. And one of them uh, was on uh, Brunello Cuccinelli, it's Italian fashion entrepreneur. And we looked at it through how he treats humans at work and human dignity is the two words that uh, he, he speaks about in the profile. And, and when I see your book and, and the work you're doing, uh, that's what you're helping preserve and accelerate. And thank you for that. That that makes better creations because the more human people are in their making, the, the products embody the values that went of the maker that went into it. And so honoring that and starting that conversation, uh, again, these these things they don't teach us in school, we now have an opportunity to to teach. So thanks for leading in that. Where can, if people want to dive in deeper into the things you're thinking about or, or, or making, where would you prefer they, they locate you or get in touch? Yeah. Um, so I would say, I mean, the book is on Amazon. It's Lead Like a Human. Um, I don't, you know, socially, I post on LinkedIn probably the most. And it's usually about leadership. It's about um, management, those those types of things. And, and obviously, our company is what we do. We help other help other leaders develop through Amplify, which is which is the company as well. So any of those any of those vehicles would be a great way to connect. Awesome, Adam. Well, thanks again. And uh, I'll, I'll work on getting that push notification out to, <laughs> to most of humanity. Yeah, awesome. Well, Adam, uh, thanks again. I uh, appreciate you and happy bird watching. Thank you, John. Thank <laughs> you for having me. This was great. Thanks so much. Thanks for watching or listening to my interview with Adam Weber. You can check out more about his book and his company in the show notes. And a reminder that we have built a company on top of the book time off. You can find out about everything we're up to from courses to coaching and consulting and also building an awesome app to help teams and individuals manage their time off better. You can find that us at timeoff.co. That's timeoff.co. We will be sharing another episode with you soon and reach out to us. I'm John at timeoff.co. If you have someone that you'd like for us to interview to understand what they do in their time off and what their leisure time looks like. Awesome, everyone. I appreciate your attention and... Remember, your leisure is noble and time off is productive. Take it easy.